This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Reds Hot Stove Room. The Reds are on the radio. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, JTM Food Group, MSA Architects, Thompson McConnell Cadillac, and by Document Destruction. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by... And this one belongs to the Reds! CBTS, a Cincinnati Bell Company, technology solutions for business. Your Tri-State Chevy dealers. Check out Chevy's award-winning lineup only at your Tri-State Chevy dealers. The Healthcare Management Group, greater care for greater Cincinnati. And by Woody Sander Ford, I-75 at Mitchell Avenue, right in the middle of everywhere. Now, the Reds Hot Stove League on News Radio 700 WLW, the home of the Reds. And welcome into the Holy Grail Banks. It is the Reds Hot Stove League. We are presented by Budweiser. I'm Jim Day, sitting in the hot seat tonight. Thanks for joining us. And over the next hour, we're going to talk a lot of baseball coming up. Vice President and Assistant General Manager Sam Grossman will join us. In a little while, John Fay from WCPO.com and the former beat writer of the Inquirer will join us to talk. Oh, a little spontaneous applause for John Fay. He's ready to rock and roll. And as always, we're taking your calls, 513-749-7000, out of the area, 1-800-THE-BIG-1. And when we're talking Reds Caravan, which is next week, you know that the season in spring training is inching closer. And next Thursday, there'll be four groups to head out north, south, east, and west to come out and go out into Reds country and meet everyone. We're looking forward to that. And now we're less than a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting. They'll report on February 13th. First workout on the 14th in Goodyear, Arizona. First spring training game Friday the 23rd. All leading up to opening day Thursday, March. I said March 29th. So uh, in Reds country, when you're inching closer to the season, you know that it's time to start getting excited. And I am certainly excited uh, to welcome in our first guest, as we mentioned, the Vice President and Assistant General Manager. Please welcome Mr. Sam Grossman to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Appreciate you being here. Now, this has been a unique offseason, to say the least. And I'm not talking about just for the Reds, around baseball. This is the slowest player movement I've ever seen. Is there an explanation for what has gone on? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a lot of different factors, and there's been a bunch of good articles written with, with all good ideas about why. You know, I think it's a combination of things like the Otani right around November, uh, those big Stanton trade coming up, and then, you know, like we were talking about earlier, you saw that once the relievers went, all those trickled down and those mm-hmm. deals happened. We just haven't seen it from the starting pitching group, the position player group, and so... I think it's a combination of those things. I'm not sure if it's a, a big sweeping change that's going to happen every offseason for the next 10 years. It could just be a fluke of this offseason, how, how, how it's shaken out. I mean, there, there have been 
There are a boatload of free agents that are available. Can you hear me out there? Okay. There are a boatload of free agents uh, that are still available. In fact, most free agents are still available. Is this something that we're going to see a lot of these guys that are going to sign even after spring training games start? I think so. I think it, that's just how the calendar is going to shake out. You know, spring's starting earlier than ever. Um, players, you know, they, they know they're preparing on their own. It's not like they have to come to camp to get in shape like back in the 1940s and 50s or whatever. And, you know, I think guys are confident that they can still get a deal and mm-hmm. that there's going to be a deal there. So I think it's just really comes down to people aren't, aren't panicking on either side. Well, a lot of people, the pundits, the analysts, they analyze these things on a daily basis are talking about um, rethinking the whole system, uh, whether or not we're seeing a changing of the guard, if you will, about teams not willing to give out the long-term contracts, uh, more two-year contracts, less money, and that some players that are not going to get the money they thought they were going to get, and they're going to be less expensive. Do you see that happening? Um, I, I think it's a little cyclical. You know, it depends on the market every year. You know, I'm not going to talk about specific players, um, but, you know, next year's class is, is a huge class. Mm-hmm. We could be saying the exact opposite next year. You know, people were saying how much money was being thrown around to some relievers early in the off season, and now you're starting to see some better deals. So I think there's a give and take, and, right. you know, both the teams and the agents and players kind of take what, what comes at them at a given time in the offseason. You guys went out and signed Jared Hughes to your relief core, which uh, in my eyes and many eyes is a terrific signing, a guy that fits this team in this ballpark perfectly, ground ball pitcher, doesn't give up a lot of home runs, throws a lot of strikes, and you got him at a pretty, you know, a pretty good deal economically. Uh, do you guys have the freedom to add? Are you still looking to add some free agents to the mix? Yeah, we're, we're actively engaged, you know, and, and sort of seeing where the market plays out. Our 40-man roster is at 39, so we have a spot right now. Um, we, we have some flexibility. Um, you know, it's really Nick Kral, our other assistant GM. He's, he's on the phone constantly with, with agents and just seeing what, what's out there. It's really about, as Dick would say, being opportunistic. And, you know, you know with Bob, we're always trying to improve the team. Right where we can. So we're not, I definitely wouldn't say we're done with the offseason at this point. Would you th- do you have a priority list as far as not specific players, but positions that mm-hmm. are more of need right now? Yeah, I mean, I think going in, we feel pretty good about the offensive core, at least for, for this coming year. Um, it, it's really the pitching. I, I think we definitely want to give a lot of the young starters a chance to build on what they did at the end of last season. Um, and it's really about supporting them, whether it's you know, we brought in a guy like Vance Worley that's a veteran minor league, uh, you know, just to sort of give some support of innings in spring and in AAA with a chance to make the team. Um, and then the bullpen, you know, we can we can keep adding there. Anything we can do to help a guy, you know, if you need to pick someone up in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh inning, having that deep bullpen you've seen in the past couple of years, that that's huge. And so I, I think those two areas are, you know, where we're looking at really more kind of support on the on the starting side and then continuing to beef up the bullpen if possible. There's going to be a lot of players, as we talked about, even into spring training that are going to be without jobs. Do you think that a market like that could favor the Reds, that some players might fall into your lap and might accept a, 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 a lower deal, if you will, at uh, smaller terms? It's tough to know, maybe. I mean, you know, like you said, I think we felt like we got a good deal on Hughes. We're... We're kind of just being opportunistic about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other thing is what we're selling is 
we have opportunities where um, not a lot of it's set, and so guys can come and, and compete, compete to make the team. There's been a lot of talk about Billy Hamilton. Uh, when you read the rumor mills, and they are just that, rumor mills, um, some people just will throw a spitball against the wall and see what sticks. Uh, but there's been a lot of talk about Billy and a lot of interest. Is there still interest out there? Are you guys getting a lot of calls on Billy? And is he a player that if the deal is right, you know, everything has to be right, that uh, you were fielding calls on him? Yeah, I don't, you know, don't want to come off sounding like a cliche, but we're right. really honestly listening on all our players at all mm-hmm. times. Um, you know, we've gotten calls on Billy. We've gotten calls on a bunch of other guys as well. And so... It's exactly how you said it. You know, I honestly think for any of our players, if, if the right deal came along and we were blown out of the water, we would do it. Um, but, you know, for Dick, he's not in a position to, to feel like he has to make a move. So right. it's really about, you know, getting the right deal and doing what's best for the team, really in the short and long term. This is also the arbitration season. Uh, you avoided arbitration with several players, but Scooter Jeanette and Suarez are still out there. Uh, it's been a while since the Reds have had multiple players go to arbitration. I think it was like 2001. Um, that's not a fun process, is it, for you guys? It's it's not a fun process, and, um, you know, it, I think it's better than it used to be. You know, there's not it's not like you're doing a case and you're personally attacking the guy or attacking what's bad about how he plays the game or anything like that. Um, Nick said it best the other day. It's really about when there's a fundamental disagreement on what this guy's worth in the arbitration system, that's when you're kind of forced to go. And so at its core, it's really almost like a boring kind of lawyer panel type of thing where literally you're presenting a case and the arbitrators decide on the salary. You know, it's not one of those things where there's animosity and, you know, we're trying to bring a guy down. They're trying to knock the team. So it's – it's a little bit more mundane than it's made out to be, um, but we, we, no one wants to go to cases. You know, ideally, right. we, we get them all settled. It, it really is just kind of a, the nature of the business. Well, the good news is it's two good players and two very likable players. The fans have grown to uh, like Scooter Jeanette in a very short amount of time, and they love a. Eugenio Suarez, so we'll keep you updated on that. I want to pick your brain here in a little bit about just what a – a typical day is what you guys do behind the scenes, whether it's fielding calls or texts or emails, meeting with scouts, etc. Just take us behind the scenes of what it's like to be in the front office. We'll get his plans on uh, the Reds' plans on Hunter Green going forward, how Buddy Bell's been working out, and more. We're talking Cincinnati Reds, taking your calls as well. 513 749 7000. 1 800 The Big One. John Fay coming up as well. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League. And we're presented by Budweiser. Reds Hot Stove League is back live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. I'm Jim Day. Thanks for joining us. We're visiting with the Vice President and Assistant General Manager Sam Grossman of the Cincinnati Reds. John Fay coming up. Uh, we talked before the break about what a, a normal day and you know what it entails. Uh, this time of year, when it's free agent season, you're getting a lot of calls on trades. I mean, how does it happen nowadays? Is it more texting? Is it more emailing? Do you guys meet daily? Do you have scouts meetings throughout the week? Take us through the process. Yeah. Well, it's, first of all, it's a lot of snacks, a lot of pretzels and <laughs> those sort of things. But, uh, no, we uh, early in the offseason, we, we sort of get together. We divvy up the teams that we're going to reach out to. We really do it early in the offseason and then also 
coming up to the trade deadline. But, you know, the first kind of kickoff for the offseason for us is the, is the GM meeting. So before that, Nick or the other GM and me and a couple of other ones, we'll divvy up the teams. We'll reach out to our counterparts there. Just get a sense for, you know, uh, what are their needs, what are their surpluses, kind of compile that list heading into the GM meetings and then the winter meetings. Day to day, you know, it may be reaching out to some teams, uh, reaching out to agents. We, we kind of get together and recap probably three times a week. Um, you know, we try to touch base maybe Monday and Friday and then once in the middle, really to just see what, what the discussions have been. All the while, you know, now with, with email and text and everything, we've got things flying around all over the place. We've kind of got an official system where when we have an interaction, we enter it into the system so you can kind of go back and search over time. But um, I don't know, day-to-day, there's not really a pattern. It's really just kind of reaching out to teams, talking, and then doing all the other boring stuff like like budgets and that, that type of deal also. Or looking at a lot of numbers. Um, yeah. A lot of analytics. Dick Williams has talked about a lot about analytics. Uh, is it safe to say as you guys as a department, you and Nick Crawl and Dick Williams, everyone uh, are is the Cincinnati Reds front office, is, is it an analytical team? Absolutely. You know, we're not, we're not one that talk about it a lot. We don't get a lot of the pub for it. But, but definitely, I mean, Bob's given us the opportunity to really grow that department immensely in the past three or four years. So, you know, we're, we're looking at everything from multiple angles. Um, you know, we definitely take into the scouting reports into, into account. Um, traditional statistics, a lot of the newer stuff, you know, the track man and the stat cast and everything. And then along with you know, Walt really was big on it. Dick's huge on, on the makeup also. So really all those aspects coming together is kind of how we, we approach any uh, opportunities. And on the flip side, you always need a guy that has been there, done that on the baseball side, on the field uh, to kick around ideas. And you guys have added Buddy Bell to the system. Here's a guy that was a, a great third baseman for a long time in the league, has been a manager has been at the executive level, has been in the scouting department. He's really done everything you could do uh, on the baseball field, off the baseball field. How has he worked out so far for you guys? It's been great having him around, um, you know, at the winter meetings and just around the office. Like you said, he's he's back in Cincinnati a lot now. Mm-hmm. And so um, you said it right. What he was doing with the White Sox, he was involved in the amateur draft. He was involved with their player development. Um, you know, he's been a big league manager in the past. Uh he wor- he's worked in the front office. So just having someone to bounce ideas off of and really just to kind of keep things from getting stale, bringing someone in that's highly respected from another organization, it's been it's been great just being able to talk baseball and talk players with him. Your top two prospects, uh, at least in most people's eyes, are Hunter Green and Nick Senzel. As far as Hunter Green goes, um, going to concentrate primarily on pitching, I would assume now. Didn't throw a lot of innings last year. So what would be the plan going forward? Would we expect him to start at Dayton? I know a lot of things can happen. There's variables out there. But is that where he will start? Uh, it's still TBD. I'd, I'd say there's a pretty decent likelihood of that. Um, you know, he only threw, I think, like 20 or 25 innings in high school last year. He uh, he pitched in Billings. He pitched some in Instructional League. Um, this next year is going to be really about um, just keeping him on track and really continuing, like you said, as a guy that used to be a two-way player, getting used to that pro rotation, pitching every fifth day, uh, the the prep that that goes into it between starts, not just the starts themselves. And so I definitely think you'll see him in Dayton, you know, for a majority of next year, um, depending on things like the weather and that sort of thing. 
there, there's no guarantees about how it's exactly going to shake out schedule-wise, but um, that will all be determined coming up in minor league spring training, I think. Nick Senzel, there's been a lot of talk about uh, him flirting with other positions or even more than flirting with other positions, uh, getting some time at second base. I've even heard shortstop mention the corner outfield spots. Do you see that happening in spring training? And realistically, could this kid make the squad out of spring training? Um, the first part of the question, I mean, in college he played all of second, short, and third. Um, you know, he moved around really to help their team more than anything. Um, I think we're confident that he could definitely play second and third. He's athletic enough to play in the outfield. And I think you're right. You know, in a pinch, I think you could you could put him back at short. Mm-hmm. You know, it may take a little adjustment time, but I think he could do it there. Um, we'll see. I, I We'll have to see how things go in spring. I don't think there's a high likelihood he would make the team out of spring. Um, you know, he played something like half a season in double A. Um, even if you look at the guys that have come up, those high picks, uh, Swanson, Bregman, those guys, um, there's been, you know, some of a progression through double mm-hmm. A, triple A up to the big leagues. Right. So we'll just kind of have to see how that goes. Always been impressive so far, no doubt about that. We're going to go to the phone lines now. Mike, no? Oh. Mike dropped off the line, so that means another mundane question for me, Sam Grossman. We're talking to Sam Grossman, Vice President, Assistant General Manager of your Cincinnati Reds. Uh, you guys named your minor league staffs uh, this week, and uh, my man Pat Kelly will be the manager at AAA at Louisville. Yeah, he, you know, he's been another guy like Buddy. He's been around a long time. He's a guy you talk to. He's got players just love amazing, that guy. amazing stories from his, you know, 30 years in the minors or whatever, and so. That, that's a good fit. You know, I think he's – what one of the biggest things about AAA is getting those guys ready to come up to the big leagues, and I think mm-hmm. that's where he's going to – you know, Delano did a great job of that. I think uh, PK is going to do a really good job of that too. Um, you know, we've got a bunch of good young players, so it should be a good fit. They had a great year in Pensacola last year. I think they ended up being the co-champs or whatever, but that was a team – you know, he kept them playing loose. Uh, they played like a team. You know, they had a bunch of big comebacks down the stretch. So that, that should be a good one. And taking his place at Double A Pensacola is Jody Davis. That's a familiar name to some people. And returning his pitching coach, and I've heard nothing but great things about this guy, Danny Darling. Yeah. No, he, he was good. And, you know, that was, that was a big-time staff last year. They had a bunch yeah. of guys we added to the 40-man, like uh, Reyes and Lopez. Um, you know, there's a good chance this year in Pensacola you'll have uh, Vladimir Gutierrez there. And so – Danny did a really good job, and um, we're, we're happy to have him back there as well. Well, Sam Grossman, we appreciate you being here. I know you're a busy guy, and it won't be long. We're in Goodyear, Arizona, and getting ready to kick things off. Coming up, John Fay will join us. The bank president is in the house, and this will be a good time for you to ring us up. 513-749-7000, the big one. Let's grill John Fay together, shall we? You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League. We're presented by Budweiser. With the Reds Pick 6 plan, you choose any six Reds home games and save up to 25%. Whether you want fireworks Fridays, collect this season's bobbleheads, or see the Reds take on the Cardinals or the Cubs, the choice is yours. Plus, you get six McDonald's extra value meal vouchers. Purchase your Pick 6 plan today at Reds.com slash Pick 6. Some restrictions apply. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. I'm Jim Day. The first half hour, we visited with the assistant general manager of the Reds, Sam Grossman. It's my pleasure to bring in, who Marty Brenneman has referred to many times, as the bank president, 
Mr. John Fay. Welcome into the show. Thank you. How are we doing? I think they had limited space on the billboard out front. You know, yeah. Jim Day, John Fay. That fits pretty That's easily. That's true. It's two of the shortest names in the media. There's no question about that. There we go. I got you by one letter. Um, longtime beat writer with the Inquirer. Now you're doing your... Uh, your fine work at WCPO.com. How's that going? It's going well. It's going well. I get to do a little bit of Reds, do the other sports as well, but um, I'll be going to spring training. I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Getting a little trip out there yeah, into the AZ. Yeah. Uh, I talked to um, Sam about this. This has been a crazy off season, the slowest I have ever seen. Yeah, we were just talking a little bit off the air that we're a month away, and there's a ton of guys out there without jobs, and I think – if you're a baseball player and you don't have a job on January 17th, you're starting to think, man, I, I, I better lower my, my expectations yeah. as far as salary, years, all that, because you want a job. And there, it's just, there's just so many. And I, I, you know, I talked to Dick Williams about a week ago, and I, I said, is it tempting with all these guys out there to, to maybe try to sign a, a starting pitcher, which I think they would be a good move for them. And it, I don't think they're to that point, but I think is the if if the market drops, it's something they have to look at. Yeah, something I intimated with uh, with Sam that perhaps the market's going to fall right in their favor. And like you said, there's some mortgages due, and players are like, "Hey, I need a job. Let's roll a dice on a one-year deal. Yeah. I want a spot in a rotation." Uh, that perhaps someone would fall in the Reds' lap like that. Yeah, I, you know, I've mentioned Lance Lynn a lot. He's semi from here. He went to the same high school as Tucker Barnhart. You know, I, I think the, the concern with the Reds is probably the length of the deal with any of these guys. I don't think they want to give them more than, you know, two years tops. And, and they may not even want to do that. But I, th- I just think he would solidify the rotation. He's a guy who can throw 200 innings. Saw him a lot because when he was with the Cardinals. You know, he might get beat around a little bit early. And all of a sudden you look up, it's the seventh inning. He's still in the game. And I think right. if, if you have a guy like that in the front of the rotation, it takes the pressure off of some of these younger guys that they're going to count on. And, uh, you know, they're, they're rolling the dice a little bit. With They had three guys, basically, they're going to put at the top of the rotation that none of them pitched very much last year. So, you know, you, you, I think Dick, is, Dick Williams is hoping that they're healthier. And I think by law of averages, they should be. But I think a, another proven starter would really um, – solidify that that starting rotation all right let's give you another job on a very temporary basis let's say you are the general manager of the cincinnati reds right now what are your moves what do you do as i said i I try to sign lance lynn or alex cobbs out there a couple guys like that i I just think that just everything kind of falls in place right now they're talking about michael lorenzen um preparing as a starter i I'd like Michael Lorenzen in the bullpen. I think you, you uh, the Jarrett Hughes signing was a good one, but you need a couple of guys that can get you from the sixth inning to um, Iglesias. And I, I liked what Lorenzen was able to do. He, he struggled a little bit in the second half, but the first half when you had a, a couple of guys out there that could go two innings, I think he, he really helps the bullpen. So I, I would not have him in the rotation. Um, and I, I think the lineup's fine, but I, I think the pitching is, is still a question. And it, it was encouraging for the Reds what those young pitchers did at the end of the year, Robert Stevenson, Sal Romano, uh, Castillo, pretty much all years from the time he came up. But, you're, you know, the, Castillo is the one with the most starts, and I think he has 15 in the major league. So those guys aren't proven. Um, again, I think a, a, another starter really solidifies things. Let's say that we go to spring training and they don't add a starting pitcher. There's going to be a heck of a competition in that starting uh, for those starting spots in the rotation. 
Yeah, and I, I think it, it's just so difficult to judge anything during spring training. You can get fooled in March. You right. can get fooled in September. Right. It is really hard because you don't you don't know who they're pitching against. Uh, if it's if it's a home game, you know, the teams don't send over their best lineup. You might be facing a lineup that has three guys that are going to start the year in Double A in it. So it's hard to judge, um, and the the outings are so short. So I, I think. You go in with a competition, but at the same time, what they did last year is, is very important. Uh, and I think uh, Castilla is the only one that really proved himself enough. The others had had some short-term success. I, I, I really like Sal Romano. I, I, would, I would think if, if, if they truly have one spot open in the rotation, I would kind of make him the favorite. Although Tyler Malley was pretty good, too, and I like his style. Um, so I, I think they do have a little more depth. Um, and it, it will be interesting, but I, the thing is with starting pitching, you, you need a bunch of them. They're not going to get through that. In, in 2012, they only had five starters. That just doesn't happen. Right. And uh, I think you'll see seven or eight guys before the year's over get starts. Particularly with guys that have had injury histories, uh, Homer Bailey, DiScafani, Finnegan, etc. But the good news is there is just a lot of young arms, a lot more young arms than we've seen in years past. And you're really looking for two or three of those guys to step up. So uh, that is the very good news in the whole process. Yeah, and I, I think some of those guys, uh, Cody Reed, who this time last year you would have probably projected in the rotation, I think there's a good chance he'll be in the bullpen. Uh, and I think Brandon Finnegan may end up there eventually. So uh, they do. They, they, they made all those trades, and they also did some decent development where they, they've gotten some of their own guys who, who've moved up. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think the depth is good. And these guys are to the point when you talk about Stevenson, Romano, uh, they've had enough experience that they should start to show results. So I think this is a big year for all of them. They can't, you know, the learning experience is over. You've, you've gotten your feet wet. Let's see some. Let's see you go out there and pitch well. No doubt it's go time for a lot of those young players. All right, here's your chance. They call him the bank president, but he has a vast amount of baseball knowledge, particularly about the Cincinnati Reds. 513-749-7000, 1-800-THE-BIG-1. If you have a question for John Fay, you're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. We're back at the Holy Grail Banks. We are live. It is the Reds Hot Stove League. We're presented by Budweiser. Registration is now open for the official baseball and softball camps of the Cincinnati Reds. This summer, 15 camps are scheduled and are open to boys and girls ages 6 to 14. A full list of camps and dates is available at reds.com slash camps. John Fay sitting with us of WCPO.com. 513-749-7000, our number, 1-800-THE-BIG-ONE. And Gary in Dayton standing by. Gary, what you got? Hey, well, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I tell you, uh, a young guy that I was really impressed with last year, Scott Moore. Uh He led the Midwest League in strikeouts. Uh, doesn't have overwhelming speed, but seems to have control and matured as the year went by. Uh, I'm curious whether or not the Reds are going to fast-track him and start him at double-A this year rather than uh, advanced day. Well, that remains to be seen. Uh, Fourth-round pick, left-hander, as you said, uh, last year, 13-6, and 3.45 ERA. Um, I don't know about fast-tracking. Normally, guys like that, particularly ones that have been drafted recently, um, if he was a Dayton last year, you would expect him yeah. to start at high A. I, I would be surprised if he, he – they 
really rarely skip um, any steps with with guys, even you know first rounders. They're, they're very they want guys to go through the progression, and mm-hmm. yeah, those those are good numbers left-handed. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I think with the Reds there's opportunity, and you see guys show up and. If he can follow it the, the next year and be good and maybe get to double A by the end of next year, then, then he gets on the radio ra- radar. So, you know, it, like you said, good numbers, 13 wins is pretty impressive in A-ball. I think he's got the potential to be a good number, a solid number two or number three starter once he matures. Well, that would be fantastic, and they can always use left-handed arms. So um, if he stays healthy, uh, hopefully he has a bright future. We appreciate your call, Gary. Thank you, gentlemen. Let's go to Dave in Owensville. Dave, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, Jim. How are you doing? Great, ma'am. What's happening? Uh, What's on I, your mind? Well, my mind is on uh, Billy Hamilton. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I, I love the guy. He creates a lot of excitement, and uh, I'm wanting him to win a base title, which uh, I don't know. I, I get the impression from – I know he got injured there with the uh, – you know, the thumb injury there at the end of the year, and he come back with, I think, a week and a half left in the season, and he stands down there at first base. I'm like, what do you – you know, Gordon, I think 59 and 60, they were battling for the lead, and he he just stands down there and he gives it away. Uh, <clears throat> I don't understand that. Why? Uh, but the other thing about Billy is uh, do the reps not teach a lot about bunning and get, get, I mean, the boy's got the speed. I mean, I don't understand why he doesn't bunt more. And, you know, we can go back to Drew Stubbs. There was another guy. They, they don't they don't teach bunting? Or? Well, for a guy that's there every day, I can tell you they teach bunting. Uh, and they do it every single day in spring training. They do it every single day in batting practice. To Billy's defense, every time he comes up, John, Third baseman's playing in, the first baseman's on alert, the pitcher's on alert. It's harder for him to bunt, but with that being said, he has not shown the propensity to lay down enough successful bunts. Yeah, if if you look at his batting average on bunts, it's pretty good uh, for his career. I don't have the numbers in front of me. And and he does work at it. I think it's, it's more difficult today because you have so many guys that throw so hard. Uh, that's not an excuse. I, you know, I, I talked to Brian Price about Billy Hamilton, and the one thing they're conceding is that he may not be the leadoff man. I think if Billy Hamilton got on base enough, if he got on base at a, a 320 clip, he'd definitely win a, a base stealing Easily. Title. He'd win it easily. Yeah. And, and, yeah. I, and I, th- I think you're right. He creates havoc. I, he, he scored a lot of runs for a guy that got on base as infrequently as he did. I, you know, and you, you mentioned the injury thing. I think that's the other question about him. He's the way he's built. He's so thin, and he's, he he just and he he runs so fast. He's naturally going to get hurt. It's it's just it's it's a matter of physics. When he, you know he's a thin guy that runs fast and runs into walls. So I think yeah. that's a, that's a tough thing for him with all the sliding he does. He's beat up. Um, I, I would not be one to trade Billy Hamilton. I think at this point his value isn't that great. Why not give him another year and and, and see what he can do? And it it, it changes. At all, all guys don't mature at the same rate or figure it out at the same rate, and I, I think there's a chance he will. The other thing on the bunting subject and base running, 
Uh, Delino DeShields, a, a real respected baseball guy, was managing at Louisville. Now he's a roving instructor under those two things. So maybe they'll bring him in to work with Billy a little more. Well, another thing, John, uh, before I let you go, well, what's it going to take for him to win a Golden Glove? Okay. I mean, it's incredible what he does there in center field. <clears throat> you know, and he, he doesn't win the Golden Glove. And I'm like, what's up with that? I think, uh, again, being injured right around the time the voting was going on probably hurt him. Uh, they use the defensive metrics now, and, and I think that's a great thing because there's no way Tucker Barnhart would have won a, a gold glove if, if they hadn't done that. And he, he was just so superior that everyone saw it. So, yeah, I think he deserves one. He's the best center fielder I've ever seen. Dave, we appreciate your call. And I can go back. Sorry to cut you off, Dave, but we've got to sell some products. We will step aside for a final break. We've got one segment to go with John Fay. It's the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by Budweiser. The Holy Grail Banks and Budweiser are proud sponsors of the Reds Hot Stove League. Grab your buds on our next show at the Holy Grail Banks two weeks from tonight, Wednesday, January 31st, with specials on Bud and Bud Light Buckets. Holy Grail Banks, Cincinnati's home for sports. That's in two weeks. Next week, it's the Hall of Fame edition. We will be emanating this show from the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum, as they, we typically do on the night before the caravan kicks off. Uh, joining me will be the Cowboy, Jeff Brantley, manager Brian Price, and Nick Senzel. And that is from the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum, and we hope you can join us next Wednesday night. We're talking with John Fay of WCPO.com, and we've got Scott on a cell standing by. Scott, how you doing? How we doing, guys? Good. Good. Nothing like 16-degree weather to bring out some baseball talk. I enjoy it. No question. Okay. So, a few Iglesias, it seems like um, the Reds decided or just conceded the fact that he will close this year, uh, only because it feels as if it's a very Chapman-esque path that he's taking here. So, any thoughts? Well, I think the difference between him and Chapman is he pitches two innings a lot. I think he had eight saves of two innings or more last year. It was, I think it was the most by anyone since 1990 or something, sometime in the 90s. I, I think that is, that's one of the things Brian Price has done that I really like. I think if you just limit that closer to one inning and only when you're winning, you just don't get the value out of him. I think they got a lot more value out of Iglesias. And his stuff is such that he's very suitable for, to pitch two innings because he doesn't rely on one or two pitches. He throws three or four pitches. I mean, you can make the argument that he should be a starter. I think that train's kind of left the station. Um, but I, I like the way they use him, and he, he just has electric stuff. We got about a minute left, so I need a quick answer on this one. But right now, as we stand, there's four outfielders for three spots. How do you see that shaking out? Well, you know, I asked Dick Williams about it. Um, Obviously, they talked about trading Billy, Billy Hamilton. It, it didn't happen. And, and I think the danger there is you've got Scott Schebler in center field, and that's a huge drop-off in, in, in defense. Mm-hmm. I think what they can do, they have so many advanced metrics, and they can look at everything. I think they can use it to match guys up with, with pitchers where they're going to have a better chance for success. And, and guys get hurt. I, I, I think it works out. They, they, they go to the trade deadline or close to it, and then maybe they move Schebler or – or Duvall, but I, I, I think it has a way of working out, and I think if Billy Hamilton is not going to lead off, the most suitable guy is uh, Jesse Winker. He gets on base more than the, the other. Those other two guys don't get on base that much. So I, I think it has a way of working out, and um, 
You know, they'll, they'll live with it. You can't. My buddy uh, Mike Ball, Flea Ball, always says you can never have too many good players. There you go. The bank president has graced us with his presence. John Fay, you can check him out on WCPO.com. Thanks for joining us. This is the Reds Hot Stove League presented by Budweiser. Check you out next week.